Hi there, this is Curtis Dieter. Like all of you, I am many things. A husband, a father, and a son. I'm a hard worker and a dreamer, a writer and a publisher, but underneath everything, I am made of rust and glass. You are listening to Proud to Be of Rust and Glass, a podcast series of conversations surrounding the creative journey and all the good and ill associated with making great art in the Midwest. It is the human side of colors brushed onto canvas, of words scribbled between covers, of sweat and grit bled into telling our stories. Real stories about real people doing what we love best, making great art. Hi there, welcome to today's episode of Proud to Be of Rust and Glass. Today's guest is artist Stephen J. Athenas. Stephen J. is a mixed bag when it comes to his chosen creative outlets. He's an artist, a poet, a musician, and he even tried his hat at being a dancer one time. His work is often punny and flexes his penchant for wordplay while simultaneously pointing a critical eye at some of life's mundane intricacies. Stephen, great to talk with you again. I'm so glad you could join us today. Nice to be here. Who told you about the dance? <laughs> you did. <laughs> you were very uh, very excited about it and maybe a little bit shamed too. I'm not sure. Combination of both. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to jump right into talking about your art. Let's. Um, how would you describe yourself as an artist today? Well, you kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head. I, I don't limit myself to any one medium. I did spend five decades being a musician, seeking fame and fortune and failing. So um, after a while, I said, you know, let's try something new. I have a major in art educations and I educate one one education. (laughs) And um, I uh, usually even when I was playing in bands, I always had a sketchbook with me. So uh, it seemed a natural progression. My work is both 2D and 3D. The 2D more often than not shares the uh, the canvas or paper. with a, a poem, P-O-M-E, that's my term, because I'm not certainly any Keats or E.E. E. Cummings or even You're a breed Shel of your own, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> although I aspire. I think when Shel Silverstein passed, I said, now there's a seat that's vacant, I'm going to fill it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bald, and I have a <laughs> facial hair, so I'm going for it. And I can definitely get a lot of that influence in some of your stuff. Yes. The, the, the yeah. very... Uh, wordplay focused, Absolutely. sort of lighthearted views yeah. on maybe some issues that aren't necessarily as lighthearted as 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 you can make them. Yes. But you said you used to be very involved in music. Are you still playing music at no. any level? Or no, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not locking that door and throwing away the key. But right now, I'm pretty darn happy just making visual art. Okay. So what, we'll see. What do you, uh, what what reasons do you think you sort of got away from the music and into the art more? I got old, Curtis. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, the the, tr- the truth of the matter is is that when I performed, if you'd ever seen me, I wasn't the greatest vocalist okay. on the planet. But what I lacked in singing capabilities, I would make up in buffoonery and jump around like a goofball on stage. And as I got older, the knees got a little creaky mm-hmm. and, and back got a little. So it's best to put that on the back burner for now. Yeah. As as somebody who I wouldn't say I'm old, but I played a lot of basketball I skateboarded a lot yeah. I've got creaky knees too so Absolutely. I 100% understand you can that. relate yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how has your your art sort of evolved as as you've grown as you've moved into different sort of forms that's a good question I still say, stay with some of the same things I've done variations thereof i.e. the uh, poems and the paintings 
so as I get older, I'm, I'm trying to explore new arenas. I, I work primarily with watercolor on my two-dimensional art because oils intimidate me, <laughs> and I've always been scared of them, so I, I steer clear of that. But, uh, but yeah, I'm not afraid to really throw something different in the mix. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. And besides your art and poetry, you've dabbled in a lot of sort of mixed media stuff yes, with the two of those. You want to talk about any of your favorite pieces or how you sort of bridge the gap between your art and your poetry? May I yank one out? Absolutely. Okay. This this is two pieces. Separate. This is a recent piece. This is a I've done a few of these. They're called Fauquariums, F A U X. Okay. Meaning fake Aquariums. I get kind of a, a Dr. Seuss Absolutely. sort of feel from looking at Absolutely. that, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's like you said, it's a me- mixed media um, using utilizing nature, the sticks, and I, I use a lot of wire, preferably rusty wire. I like the color and the, and the texture from rusty wire. So be advised if and when you buy a piece of my work, you should be up to date with your tetanus <laughs> shots. <laughs> That's um, always good advice. Yeah. But then it's also got uh, Sculpey, which is a polymer clay, okay. which I don't have access to a kiln, so I have to use that. And then the waves and the wings and the dirty cloud are uh, uh, tissue paper applied with a 50-50 mix of water and Elmer's glue and then dried and then uh, put some uh, polyurethane on them. Very cool. And is this is this type of art is this something that you kind of make up as you go or do you have a pretty good idea of what it's going to be and what you're going to use before you sit down you know i was thinking about that a month or so ago i i never do sketches Mm -hmm. i just put my hands on on the materials and and see what becomes of it and that's pretty much the same way with the uh the 2d stuff too Uh, like i said with the sketchbook i was used to be better at this than i am now i think it's again my uh declining cranium but I would just put pencil to paper and see what happens to it and develop it from there. So. Okay. Very cool. That's kind of the kind of writer I am. I've been trying to sort of plan a little bit better as, as yeah. I've been getting, yeah. you know, yeah. some experience. But it is nice to just sort of sit down and come up with what you come up with. Exactly. See yeah. where it takes you. And, you know, you're always surprised at the end of it. Yep. So. Yep. Rewrites. Me? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the hardest things is to, I know. is to write something that you love, that you know is flawed, and then tell yourself, so if I really want this to be accessible, maybe I should rewrite it. Yeah, I'm look at it again. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we mentioned that a lot of your stuff is sort of humorous in nature uh-huh, and, uh-huh. And, and points at the lighter sides of life. Just don't call it cute. Cute. No, absolutely not. I do not, not. like that word. <laughs> absolutely not. I think that's not something many artists would want people to exactly. say about their work, yeah. unless it's very specific to that sure. kind of yeah. niche market there. Yeah. Humor is sort of therapeutic. Has it been that way for you at all? Or, oh, yeah. 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 It's, I mean, not only with my artwork, but, uh, you know, a, a big fan of movies and, and stand-up and, and those things that just kind of l- allow you to uh, uh, escape this nasty world that we find ourselves mm-hmm. in so it helps a lot yeah was your was your work always sort of a humorous nature or is that something that's yeah I don't, I, don't, I don't think I I think I had a, I, I think it's part of my persona that obviously stems from my musical you know uh, stuff that I used to do in that I I just don't like to I'm uh, there's always an element of self-deprecation and uh, jabbing at at the uh, right. the gorilla in the cage. Right. I 
totally makes sense to me. As far as between your your art and your poetry, do you have one that you prefer over the other? Is there struggles that you find with with poetry, with art? Yeah, there is. I don't know that one between the 2D and the 3D stuff. I find that uh, my muse goes on vacation more <laughs> often than I'd like. Yeah, and kind that, of poke it to come back. Exactly. You know, do some magic charm to bring <laughs> her back. Uh, but, yeah, that, I, I start getting kind of freaked out that what if that was it? What if your last outburst was it and mm-hmm. now you've got to rest on your laurels? Right. Forget it. Keep prodding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Speaking of uh, keeping on prodding, do you have any sort of projects coming up that you're working on that you're excited to sort of get out into the world? Yes. The one I'm primarily excited about is uh, University Press at UT mm-hmm. is uh, in the spring going to release a book of my two-dimensional stuff. That's all. That's yeah, my paintings and my poems. They've done a lot of really great local stuff they and regional really have. stuff. Yeah, and yeah. That's very cool. We've um, we've been able to to work with them three or four times at a an author fair that we do in, mm-hmm, in Harrisburg. Yeah. They always set up a booth, and I've looked through a lot of yeah. their works, and they're beautiful. They do soft cover, hard cover books, and, and they run the gamut. You know, they do from history of nurses to uh, a bar in Toledo, and and now they're going to put out this silly <laughs> collection of drawings that this weirdo did <laughs> well that's that's going to be a really colorful feather to put in your hat though. yeah I mean, that's, oh my that's god awesome. yeah exactly and you said that's coming out sometime next year or in the spring in yes. the spring very yeah. cool very cool i'll definitely have to check that out yeah um, god I'm, willing in the crick don't <laughs> i'm lucky enough that i get to see a lot of your art on on social media sure but i think yeah. the people who might not have access to that having it on their bookshelf yeah and you're gonna walk exactly into, you're gonna walk into somebody's house one day and you're gonna see university of toledo press that's right you're going to have your name right on the top. Mm-hmm. You're going to mm-hmm. have one of your you know, silliest ones on the front, I'm sure. Not yeah. cute. Right. Silly is a little <laughs> bit different than cute. And then I can die and go to heaven. Right. I love it. So you brought some art to show us. Did yes. you happen to have any poems oh that you'd like to read? Curtis, what do you think? You think I'm an amateur? <laughs> so we can, we, go we can the, talk um, about it and... and that's all one thing, but actually, you know, having our listeners be able to hear a couple. Right, is, exactly. This is one. Uh, it's called Twenty Twenty Four, and it's um, it's political, which I don't often do. I, I find that I, I come up short when I try and do political. Although I've got a, a couple pieces, but um, a, a, a description for those of you out in Radio Land, old terminology. Uh, it's a picture of an elephant and a donkey the two symbols of the Democrats and the Republicans, just glaring at each other. They look like they can't get far enough away from each other. And uh, if I may, I will, it's a short little thing. Election year, again it's here. We know what that portends. A year of lies and alibis. Who wins? Well, that depends. Depends on money, depends on time, yet rarely on the truth. Depends upon the populace who will hit the voting booth. Unless you're one of those that think there's nothing one can do. The whole thing's rigged, the jig's been jigged, and all of us are screwed. Yet who's to say who's right or wrong? There is no master plan. But just remember that come November, the bleep could hit the fan. <laughs> Poetry snap here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, even, if it, even though it's broaching a, a, a serious topic, mm-hmm. it's still light. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love uh, the rhythm and the cadence of the of the words and, and, you know, the 
very obvious way they're written to be read out loud. Yeah, yeah. And I, like I said, I'm not a poet of any stature, so <laughs> it just it makes me... You start to find that poetry has, it's not just poems about love and the heart. And right. Poetry, right. I mean, we've had, we had somebody read poems about a factory. We had somebody read poems about sure. um, PBS, which was really cool since, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this podcast series has been sponsored by WGTE. Right. Um, we have poems about love and arithmetic and it's, it's, there's, there's everything. Yeah, absolutely. So. Everything is fair game. Can I do another one? Craig? Absolutely. This one's called "If a Man in a Chicken Mask," and it's <laughs> it's got a picture of a man riding a bicycle with a chicken mask on his head, and there's a cartoon balloon that says "Cluck," and he's zooming down the street, and there's feathers flying out behind him, and then under the poem, there's a, a chicken in a nest, an actual chicken, and uh, and the chicken is saying, "Damn fool." And these are both original watercolors that go with the original inking of the poem, too. That's really cool. It says, If a man in a chicken mask riding a bike comes zooming through your hood, you just might feel a bit surreal and think that that ain't good. Because normally one hopes to see young children out and playing, not a grown man wearing a chicken mask. It don't seem right, I'm just saying. Still don't call the cops, don't pull (laughs) out the stops, don't let your heart pace quicken. This ain't no curse. There are things much worse than a grown man who thinks he's a chicken. (laughs) Let the incident go, for as we all know, this world's a battered stew. And what's not to like about a dude on a bike going (laughs) cock-a-doodle-doo? I love it. Thank you so much for sharing this. Oh, my pleasure. I got a million of them. (laughs) And I'm sure they're a ton of fun to write. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Perfect. So, yeah. have you always lived in the region in, in the Midwest? And uh, yeah, I I, w- I spent short times in uh, uh, Baltimore, Ann Arbor, Cincinnati, okay. West Palm Beach, but uh, always come back here. Okay, so Toledo and, area is kind of home for you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And it's it, the reason was was when I was playing music, I I, I gained a notoriety with my bands, mm-hmm. and so it was always easier for me to pick the cream of the crop musicians here than to go to a new town and start from square one so mm-hmm. sometimes somehow i always got drawn back that makes sense yeah. and 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 you mentioned we do have you know some very talented people here yeah um, oh the, the music scene is incredible yeah what what makes you sort of proud to be of rust and glass as far as being a creator in the midwest and, and calling here home it's the exposure that I get. Like I said, it's it's easier. Even with my art now, it's it, I, I maintain the certain notoriety, big fish, small pond, uh, kind of mindset. And it's you know I can people know me, and it, it's nice to it's nice to be recognized, and it's nice to have your art recognized. And mm-hmm. when I was doing the music too, so mm-hmm. it's it's the familiarity I think. I love it. Definitely, of, definitely of a hometown feel. And Absolutely, it's yeah. we have a very supportive group of of other artists and writers, yeah. and yeah. Um, and then the people that do or are, are able to support the arts outside of that community are very um, hands on in doing so. So mm-hmm. it's it's yes. always a pleasure to see that. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts or any words that you'd like to share with the listeners today? I have one other project that I'd like to plug, if that's okay. Absolutely. Okay. I I have a website. It's dub dub dub. All things ath, all things ath.com. 
And one of the, the guy who set up my website for me is a friend of mine, former Toledo, and lives out in California now. And we started talking on the phone and, and recognizing the, the problems that the earth is facing with the environment and all that mm-hmm. stuff and thinking, what could we do? So we kind of chose water as our poster child, I guess you would okay. say. And so we, I've designed some T-shirts that try and bring recognition, again, in a lighthearted way bring recognition to the problem you know that water is a finite source mm-hmm. and you know we're we're messing with it and polluting it mm-hmm. and yada yada mm-hmm. yada so there's a series of t-shirts that i have that are available on my website um that's a great cause to yeah. sort of turn to in this area we seem we have water in abundance but we have the algal bloom problem exactly. we have exactly. pollution problems we have sewage problems yeah I'm not going to say where, but where I live, we had some sewage problems over the years that oh, weren't addressed. Okay. And, yeah. um, and then you look out west, yep. you see They've drought, been, you right. see yeah. it gets worse and worse every yeah. year. So that's definitely exactly. something important to think about. Yeah. And you know, as artists, if we have a platform, it's good to be able to sure. use that platform yeah. to address something yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. Definitely, yeah. definitely we'll check that out. Okay. Where else other than that website can people sort of tune in and follow your journey? There's usually some of my work at Hudson Gallery in Sylvania, and I have a presence on Facebook and mm-hmm. Instagram and, and the usual rigmarole. Okay, so, very yeah. cool, very yeah. cool. We will definitely have to check out more yes. of your work. I know it's out there yes. in abundance online, yeah. and yeah. we'll look forward to that book when it comes out next year. Thank you. Stephen, I really appreciate you talking appreciate with me today you, and, and yeah. discussing your art with me. Yep, yep. Long live art. This has been today's episode of Proud to be of Rust and Glass. Stephen Jay epitomizes what it's like to be a bald man in America, and his artistic work is always a pleasure to digest. From musical wordplay to bad homophones, there's a lighter side to his creations. That's not to say you won't find depth, if you're willing to look a little closer, that is. I am your host and producer, Curtis Dieter. Our executive producer is Chris Pfeiffer. If you want to join the conversation, check us out at wgte.org backslash rust and glass until next time thanks for listening now go forth and create wgte voices around us wgte is supported in part by american rescue plan act funds allocated by the city of toledo and the lucas county commissioners and administered by the arts commission